Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. This is the Body of Christ Church, inviting you to listen to our program, Repentance is the Key where we examine repentance according to the Holy Bible and the teachings of Jesus Christ. The show airs every Friday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So remember the words written in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Jah gave Moses ten commandments upon two tablets of stone. Led Israel out of Egypt and then promised them a home. Samson slew the Philistines with a donkey jawbone. And David slew God. That carefulness bringing that aid before the time and that depression and that anxiety and things like that, it will kill you. What's the statement about the pressure will break break the vibe? So. I remember being in the hospital, they sitting there, they go going to assess after test after test. There is nothing wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, you know what? It could be stress. And the only thing I could ask them, I was like, stress could make you feel like that? And they were like, stress could you a lot of stress. They look, they look at me like, stress will, they basically tell me that, you, stress will kill you. People that you see that's young and vibrant and healthy, and you turn around and find they're on blood pressure meds and all these type of meds and this type of meds, and one well, little thing can take it's all, it's all one thing. Stress. So, so you know, I mean, everybody knows my story, too. Wake up in the morning, you start vomiting. And I'm like, what the world is going on? And I'm like, I'm sick. I'm getting upper GI. They put me tubes down my throat, make me drink nasty stuff, scanning me. And the doctor was like, there's nothing wrong with you. There's no reason why you should be doing this. Then he thought, he said, Hey, have you got a new job recently? <laughs> I was like, yeah. He was like, that's your problem. What are you doing? And when I told him, he was like, oh, yeah, that's your problem. <laughs> so when, and that comes from what? You know, sometimes we got to be careful because in this truth, we worry about stuff because when we're in this truth, we're like, man, I got to change this, I got to change that. You see all these kids with all these issues or whatever we're dealing with, and you think you can change the world, you are in control of one thing in this entire life, and that's yourself. Everybody else has a choice to make. All you can do is show them the way. And once I started understanding, like, you know what, I can't stress over what they're doing. All I got to be able to do is do my job. All those symptoms just start to dissipate. So we got we to gotta be mindful of that. And I just, we might as well, since we're here, just finish 25. A cheerful and good heart will have care of his meat and diet. Mm-hmm. So you look at that and you're like, okay, it's talking about sorrow and depression. How did it jump to this? Because a lot of people, the foolishness of this world, the wisdom of this world, they treat their depression with different things. And one of them is eating. You get depressed and you just start eating. You ever see those shows? I know I see it when they get upset and they just go and grab a bowl of ice cream and sit down and front the TV and start eating the tub. That's the stereotypical thing. But that's what people do. But, it, but it, I mean, I, I, I say it in jest, but only slightly in jest. But it's certain things that we know 
it's certain things that we know will cheer us up. It's certain things that we know can break us out of that spirit and break us out of that mode. All of us know what it is for us. And a lot of times people know, like, people will make that conscious choice to remain in the dark and in that depression rather than do the things that they need to do to break out of it because they're holding on to it and they don't want to let it go. Because it's a lust like any other lust. It's a lust like any other lust. And since you went to the whole thing about the diet and stuff like that, the other thing that really, really gets um, gets people down in that depression is their health, too. Because when you have people, especially people in the world, when they get afflicted with different sicknesses and different diseases and stuff like that, one of the things that follows closely behind it is that severe depression where they don't even feel like living anymore, they don't want to get up, they don't want to go to work, they don't want to do nothing, they follow in that self-pity. Certain medical procedures, literally right after they do it, they send psychologists and stuff to deal with you to make sure that you don't fall into depression. But it's a lot of people that do, and they can't come out of it. And if you go into that depression and stuff like that, in combination with your sickness, in combination with your affliction, it will take you off the face of the earth. Yeah, just that on that other aspect about depression is kind of uh, counterintuitive or ironic because we know what the scripture says when you talk about having chosen and things like that and the joy it brings. But in this world, is the complete opposite of depression. Postpartum depression, and it's a serious thing because because of, and especially look at women, you know, in the early to mid twenties. Basically, when they give that mother that baby and send them out of the hospital, in their mind, they like, that baby probably not going to make it. Because you have all of these cases, teamwork, and things like that, where children end up in dogs can't, the stress, the, the parents just can't handle the stress. And you get all of these follow-ups, you got to see a doctor like a week after, and they really, you know, put all of these professionals on you to kind of track from week to week what is going on so they can see what's, what's happening. But you got to be careful about how you deal with that, because if you say the wrong thing or make the wrong move, they can just write something down, boom, 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 okay, you know, and your child will get taken from you. So, I mean, to to us, and, and when you're dealing with doing it the right way and dealing with the most high of the blessing, but in this world, a lot of uh, young women, a lot of families, they have children, it brings depression, and they deal with it the wrong way. So, you look at you look at the different afflictions that come upon people in the world. They deal with it through drugs. They deal with it through alcohol. They deal with it through whatever release they have. Even when you see brothers and sisters in the truth, none of us are immune to, to any of the afflictions of the world. The Most High, he, he turns much evil away from us. We know that. He turns evil from us every single day. He turns away sickness, disease, death, destruction, Famine, all those things are being turned away from us every single day. But he never promised us that we wasn't going to see problems. He never promised us that we wasn't going to see affliction. In fact, he promised us just the opposite. When you read in Matthew the sixth chapter, last verse, he said, "Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof." I'm going to give you enough evil today that you don't have to worry about the evil you're going to see tomorrow. That's what the Lord said. In the churches, they talk about, "Well, the Lord's going to take away your problems." That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, "I'm going to give you." So much evil today that you're going to have to deal with, that you're not even going to have time to worry about the evil that you're going to see tomorrow. How honest could you be? That was honest. So we have our, we have our battles. We have our struggles. We have our afflictions that we have to deal with. 
daily. And one of those things that happens even with brothers and sisters in the church is sometimes we get sick. Sometimes we get those sicknesses, like the scriptures talk about, those sicknesses and diseases of long continuance. And the thing is, the reason why people don't understand what that's about is because they say, well, the scriptures say that if you obey the commandments, that the Lord puts none of these diseases upon you. But what they don't realize is that Deuteronomy 28 is speaking to a nation and not to an individual. When you read Deuteronomy 28, is it speaking to a nation or speaking to a person? The whole nation of Israel. The whole nation. So the whole class said, keep my commandments, and I'm not going to send you into captivity. <laughs> Did that mean that he was sitting there like, well, I didn't break the commandments. They can go on the slavery. I'm not going. Nope. I did what I was supposed to be doing. Or did everybody go? Everybody. When you read about Babylon, Daniel and everybody was in bad. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Azariah, Ananias, Messiah, they all there. So the point is, is that it's not speaking, Deuteronomy 28 is not speaking to an individual. It's speaking to a nation. So when you look at the Most High saying to the children of Israel, if you break my commandments, I'm going to send these diseases on you. I'm going to send diseases along continuous. I'm going to do all these things to you. That doesn't mean that, well, you know what? I'm in the truth, so I'm immune to getting sick. I'm immune to cancer. I'm immune to high blood pressure. I'm immune to diabetes. I'm immune to all these things because the scriptures say I'm keeping, I'm keeping the commandments. Is that what it is? No. It don't work that way. But because people had that mentality, that means that, that, means that when people started getting sick in the church, they were sick by themselves. You know what I mean when I say sick by themselves? What's that, John? They wouldn't tell anyone. They wouldn't tell anybody. Because they thought that it meant that they were breaking the commandments. And if I'm sick, that means I'm breaking the commandments. And if I'm breaking the commandments, I'm wicked. And if everybody knows that I'm sick, then everybody's going to know I'm wicked. And don't think that it hasn't been taught. Because I've been in classes in 12 tribes and other places where they sat back saying, listen, if you're sick because the Lord deals with you, what you're doing? And if that's the answer, and that means that people had to be quiet unless they wanted to be looked at as evil. But that was just another way that Satan closed the vice, got you off to yourself, and destroyed minds and destroyed families because they were going through affliction, they were going through turmoil, but like the scripture said about two being better than one, but they have that reward for their labor. Like the scripture says about how we were able to reach out and deal with each other, they weren't doing that because they didn't know how to. So, staying in the Queen Genesis chapter 30, I'm going to read verse 14. It says, Better is the poor being sound and strong of constitution than a rich man that is afflicted in his body. So the most I what you know, your health is a big deal. And people that don't have good health, it's not going to give you a good state of mind if you let it overcome you. Health and good estate of body are above all gold, and a strong body above infinite wealth. Infinite wealth. What does that mean, infinite wealth? Inexhaustible wealth. And how do we know? Because I keep bringing out the example that I always bring out when we talk about this. Steve Jobs. A man is a multi-billionaire with made, made the iPad. I made the iPod, made the iPad, made iTunes, made this. That dude had more money than he could ever spend in 15 lifetimes. 
but he got pancreatic cancer. Do you think for one instant that he wouldn't have given up his riches for more time? Sure would have, especially since those ungodly heathen don't even believe in the Most High. He didn't have no place to go. He was going to the grave. Anybody else would be like, well, you know what? I'm going to meet, my, meet the Lord. You know, I'm going to the Lord. The Lord is going to take care of me from this point on. That guy was like, I'm going in the ground, and I'm going to turn into dirt. So he didn't have nothing to look forward to on the other side. So when the scriptures talk about a strong body being above infinite wealth, don't take it for granted. The Most High gave us something something precious. But do we take that for granted? Yeah. So you've got somebody that's got a strong body that should be using that body, but instead they lay it out somewhere crying, talking about, I don't know what to do with myself. I'm so sad. I'm depressed. The scriptures tell you that you've got something better than infinite wealth. But you don't appreciate it. You got people that are sound body, sound mind, perfect physically, but they walk around talking about I'm too fat. I don't like the way I look in the mirror. I don't like the way my behind looks. I don't like the way my breath looks. My eyes are ugly. I don't got long hair. You'd be surprised. People go through things and they afflict themselves with their own counsel. Some of the most beautiful people that you will ever meet in your life go home and cry because they think they're ugly. I'll say it again. Some of the most beautiful people you will ever meet in your whole life cry themselves to sleep at night because they believe that they're ugly. And where did that come from? That came from their own mind and because they are flipping themselves in their own counsel. And it also comes from the wicked of this world. So we know the scriptures tell you that the whole world lies in wickedness. And I see it over and over again. I will have a little girl come into my office crying, saying how boys are calling her ugly or fat or this and that. And I'll tell them, look at yourself. I, said, first, I always tell them, first of all, boys are immature and foolish. So why even believe that? I said, the second thing is, look at yourself. You're a beautiful young lady. I said, you know, you're beautiful. Don't let what other people say about you influence what you think about yourself. You have to know that you're beautiful for yourself. So, yeah, they're all wicked people. You afflict yourself in your own counsel, but then there's also wicked people on the outside that's trying to bring